We have our special guest for the morning this day, Brother Andy Reese. He is has more than 45 years of Christian ministry and leadership experience, founder and president of Freedom Prayer and author of several Christian books. Based in Nashville, he travels the world speaking and teaching. To learn more about the ministry, you can go to andyreese.org. Brother Andy, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I am doing great, and hello to all my neighbors to the north. Hey, all right. I'll be heading down to Nashville for a night this weekend. I love oh, Nashville. Yeah. Well, spend, spend a lot of money, we, we say here in Nashville. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying not to spend a lot of money. That's the point. But, uh, no, I love the city of Nashville. It's it's Is it still the fastest-growing, hottest market, or at least one of them? I know that. Well, I, I, think, it's, I think it's slipped to number two. I can't remember what the other one was and if it's growing by percent or total numbers, but it is fast growing, let me tell you. It yeah. Is, yeah, traffic here is on, it's like a stadium parking lot. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Half the day. Yeah, it makes me really want to come down there. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, I know. You know, if you, you go out at, at one in the morning, they're, they're, they're oh. not that crowded, but. <laughs> <laughs> Do your grocery shopping in the morning. Uh, I know my wife wants to go down to the Tanger Mall. They just opened down there. I know that oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it is good to have be with you. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to come on and talking about this book, The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint. So before we get into the book, tell our listeners a little bit about um, the ministry God's called you into and um, all that God's doing in and through you. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of the Johnny Cash of Christianity, where I've been everywhere, man. You know, I've been <laughs> I fellowship from at the Pentecostal end and all the way down to the cross to the Church of Christ side and kind of everything in between. And uh, I have found wonderful things in all of those expressions of Christianity. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I have been called. I, I, I'm I'm the kind of guy who sees a problem and goes, well, I can solve that. And you go, Andy, this is like a 2,000-year-old problem. Why are you here? Yeah. Like, no, I can solve that. And so uh, so I, I did something on the Magi because everybody thought, I, I saw a big poster that it was a, it was it was made up, and the atheists put a poster saying it was a, just a story. And I put out something that proved every single fact about it. It's got like 120,000 views on YouTube. So I'm that guy. So... Um, some friends and I uh, began to encounter just a lot of issues uh, among among uh, ourselves and friends, and where Scripture says, confess your sins to one another, you go, huh, I wonder how you do that in the church. You know, it's like, there, there just doesn't seem to be an easy way to do it. So we established something called Freedom Prayer maybe 20 years ago now, and it's, it's now in 14 countries and a couple hundred churches, and it's designed to be a very, very simple way to help people walk into freedom. But then the question came up is, okay, I'm free. I've got all these college kids that hang out with us. So, so Andy, I'm free, but what am I free to? I mm. mean, what am I supposed to be doing? What's my purpose? And I said, well, have you looked at spiritual gifts? And they're like, yeah. I mean, there's 25 different definitions. They all con- conflict with one another. Um, and I've, I've given up. And I thought, that's that can't be God. And so that's where the book came from. It, it just, it grew out of that, and I began to teach it, uh, tested on about 200 people or so, and found just amazing results coming from it, just results I didn't even anticipate of people saying, Andy, 
when I began to do the four things, that structure, I began to connect with God in ways I never have before. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. do this. So let's, before we actually even get into the, you know, identifying the gifts and yeah. how they can be used, can you, it, like, maybe just a listener's like, okay, I've heard this thing about spiritual gifts. Is We speak in tongues, that's it, okay? Well, what is the spiritual gifts really for in the church? What does the spiritual gifts do? Yeah, and, and let, me, let me say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind with, with my definitions here. Um, if you look at, at 1 Corinthians 12, where we all get into the manifestations of the Spirit, tongues, and all those things, Paul says to the Corinthians, you idiots, right? In the Greek, it's you idiots. No, he, says, he, says, he says, you idiots. Um, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning, and the word there is pneumaticos, concerning the structure of the spirit world. And then he lays out a four-part structure, and within that four-part structure, he says, there is a distribution or an analysis of charisma gifts and one Holy Spirit. And you can find that analysis in Romans 12. The charisma gifts are what you are. It's the lens you look at the world through. It's it's the, the motivation you have in any situation. And Paul lays out seven of them that are like the primary colors. Uh, how many colors are there? A billion. How many primary colors are there? Seven. And Peter calls that list the primary colors of the grace of God or of the charisma of God, basically. So Paul says <clears throat> there's, there's a distribution of gifts, the one Holy Spirit. There's a distribution of ministries that you use those gifts in, and one Jesus, the head of the body, and you're part of the body, and so you're going to use your gifting in what Jesus has called you to do. Check. Then he says, and there's a, there's a distribution, a, an analysis of the way the Father works with you when you're using your gift in the purposes Jesus has. Then he causes all things to work together for good, because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. His purpose is to use your gifting in the purposes of Jesus. That's your purpose. And then Paul says, and then the thing you Corinthians were were concerned about, and it's a legitimate thing, he says, there is also a distribution or analysis of phanerosis, manifestations of the Spirit, and he lays out the nine, and those nine are power tools that you can use to support using your gift in the ministry Jesus has for you supported by the Father. And so all of those power tools, you don't lose a single thing under this definition. You just arrange things according to the way Paul arranges them. So all of those things, tongues, prophecy, manifestations of the Spirit of of all different, all nine, and those nine are like primary colors as well. There's really kind of an infinite variety. All of those become yours, but they become yours in a way that is far, far more simple than saying, is this my spiritual gift? You know, no. You, you can say, God, I'm at the top of the ladder, and I'm screwing in screws with a hand screwdriver, and God says, here's a drill. Go for it. And, and that's what those things are. And, and when you begin to see them that way, walking into the manifestations becomes way more easy because you're not limited by saying, is this my gift or not? No. All nine come to you when faith meets need, all nine. And when I began sharing that, uh, a whole bunch of Church of Christ kids began speaking in tongues. <laughs> it was crazy. And Lisbon University um, asked me to teach it at the university because they said, this is biblical. We can't, 
the wife of the president, Liscom, wrote an endorsement for it. But also James Gall, the well-known prophetic voice, wrote the foreword for it. So it, it, it has convinced people across the spectrum, which was my purpose, was to say, let's make this whole thing easy and accessible for yeah. people. Um, that's definitely a very um, uh, good way to put it. I never really thought of it like that. I feel like there's an important question to ask in this, though. Yeah. Um, are those power tools DeWalt or Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of them are DeWalt, but Milwaukee can can uh, can copy them okay, and uh, they're a little more expensive and hard to get. I'm so sorry, I had to go there. I had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's in here looking. At, he put his hand in his head, his head, his hand in there. <laughs> so, yeah. but no, that is really interesting because at the end of the day, they are there, and I love how you just kind of build it in more. But they are there to build the church, like they're building yeah. the church, and I love how you brought all that out, and that was really interesting. I might have to. Um, I'm gonna have to write notes to that later on yeah, with the from the um, whenever I look listen to the recording because I wasn't able to catch all of it, but I'm gonna write notes later for it. Well, uh, the thing about it to me was, you know what? That's uh, you just blew the box open for me, which is good because I was, you know, it, yeah, they're tools, you know, and I, you know, we're all led to believe that hey, you you got to be one or this or that, you know, you. Like, it's yeah. like all of them was not attainable. You know, you only get, you might get this one, you may get this one, but, but I understand yeah. that. I mean, it's a tool bag for us, you know, our work yeah. in the Lord. And why would it, why would the Lord send us to do work and say, well, I want you to do, the, use the screwdriver. I got this drill here, but you just use that screwdriver. That's not the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And, and it's really fun to see, uh, when faith meets need, for example, why do we see healing or used to see healing now? Now that come Africa comes to help us, but used to be you see so much healing in Africa, and and God made it really clear to me. He said, "Look, faith meets need in Africa. You need healing to show people the power of God, and and the faithful people are there doing that." He said, "But that can happen anywhere, anytime when faith meets need," and so. I've been able, with this understanding, to say, God, this person needs healing. Oh, God, oh, God. And I've seen three or four healings now around here, but just like Jesus couldn't heal in his hometown, I thought, okay, unbelief is so about that, that issue, so rampant around here, but let's go after it. That's, that's mm-hmm. it. Let's yeah. go after it. Yeah. So, um, and now in the book, The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose, um, take us through where you started to write this book, why, and how you worked through the book to kind of draw a listener in a little bit. I'm yeah, a reader. Yeah, it, that's a that's a pretty easy one. Um, there were two reasons. One is I I began a ministry called Freedom Prayer, which is you know in 14 countries now it's everywhere. But people said, "What am I free to?" And that started it. But then, as I was working with young people, I, I just saw this desperation among college kids about any you know i want to know my purpose and i know my gifting is involved in that but really am i a tongues in the body of christ you know what this makes no sense and so those things really (laughs) drew me to help understand and when i kind of stumbled on paul's four-part structure and just soaked in it for a while man stuff changed and i realized you know the that his he uses this weird word. He says there's a diarysis of gifts, a diarysis of ministries. And that's a word invented by Plato, and it means there is a detailed analysis you can do 
that covers the subject from end to end. And when you do that analysis, you will gain insight and revelation about it. And Paul said, I've done that analysis about gifts, about ministries, about how the Father works. The Father works with steering and enabling two things. Paul lays that out at the end of Corinthians. And the manifestations. You know, they they are nine nine placeholders for an infinite variety of manifestations. And uh, go for it. And so I began to share that with people. And, uh, man, it was so fun. The 200 college kids... um, there's a there's a young lady just crying <laughs> at, when everybody else walked out. I said, "Oh, I broke another one. Good job, Dad." You know, so I walked back and said, "Are you okay?" She said, "Oh no, no, these are happy tears." She said, "I'm a nurse, but I don't want to be a nurse. I'm in nursing, but I hate bedside. You know, I don't like any of that." And and when you said the ones who show mercy, and all these kids stood up and said, "You just described me to a T." She said, "I sat there and said that's not me, but when you describe leadership and, and what that gifting looks like." And then a friend standing with her said, I hit her on the shoulder and said, that is you. Go be a leader. She said, I'm going to call my dad and say I'm not dropping out of college because I'm going to be a nurse in nursing to lead nurses into a better place in life. And I was like, man, if this can do that, this is great. You know, that kind of a thing. So Paul's four-part structure is where I started because that's where Paul started when he was answering the Corinthians. They were, uh, you know, think of them as the most disordered Pentecostals you, you've ever maybe seen. And he answered their question by saying, look, guys, um, the thing you're all concerned about comes at the end of the train. The first three things are the most important. You get those right, and the manifestation of spirit will, will be perfect for you. You don't get those right, and you're going to be a confused mess. And uh, you, you kind of see that across the church. At the other end of the church, in the and the cessationist end, they both believe in manifestations, but one believes you've got to speak in tongues to be saved, and the other end says they've all disappeared. And all across the middle, people have looked at different lists of giftings and have come up with 25 different definitions across kind of the middle of the church evangelical and whatever. And it doesn't take long to go, this is crazy bad, this situation's bad. Yep. So now somebody has identified their gift, they can kind of say yeah. where God is doing in them. So yeah. what's what's the next step for them? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me say something about that. Um, I so to help people identify one of their seven gifts, one of the seven. Um, when you look at what Peter said and what Paul said, you realize that they provide a three hundred and sixty degree coverage with seven primary colors, just like the colors are primary colors. And I created this circle. And you can actually find your gift with two questions, not a test, not a so two simple questions. And let me just very quickly tell you what those are, because um, I think I think your yeah, listeners will go, sure. "Oh, this is easy." The first one is, and, and it's situational questions. Um, gee, the city council has somebody come speak uh, every Friday for about twenty, thirty minutes. It's going to be televised. The mayor's there. Um, and the person, I know it's Wednesday, and the person speaking Friday canceled. Would you be able to give a speech on Friday to city council in front of the television? Now, if your first thought is nervousness, but yeah, I could do that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I could do that. Then your primary gift area is in speaking. Peter says they're speaking or serving. It's in the speaking side of things. But if you go and your friends go, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, that is not you. You're, you're going to faint on stage. You know, don't do that. 
then your primary gifting area is in serving. So now you've, you've divided it. It's one or the other. Then the second question for those speakers is, if you could give one sermon on a Sunday morning, you're, you're allowed to give one, is that we're an amazing church. We do so many things right. And here's an area that I know that if we thought about a little bit, we could improve in this, and it would really help us. Okay, so if, you, if it's kind of like that, that is, um, then your primary gifting, your primary motivation is, is prophecy. Because a prophet looks at things, looks at situations, and sees what's missing. They can, they can see what's missing very, very easily. They can see what needs correction. And they're all about, um, is it right or is it wrong? And, and they get incensed if it's wrong, if it's not doing what it needs to do, or if it's false teaching. They, they, can't, they can't put it down. Okay. <clears throat> Secondly, if your speech is, there's amazing stuff in Scripture, there's this pattern in Scripture I want to show you, it's going to change your life. If that's your motivation, then it's teaching, because teacher is all about true and false. And, and they get motivated by truth, and they get incensed at falseness. If, if your sermon would be, this is an amazing church and so many amazing people in it. And there are a few people none of us ever see who are amazing because they do everything behind the scenes. I'm going to surprise them today because I'm going to call them up on stage and we're going to brag about them. And they don't even know I'm doing it. And you can see them moving for the door. And I have bodyguards to keep you in church, right? And so, so it's like that would be the one who exhorts, the one, the one who encourages. And so you could, if speaking is your gift, you could go, I'd be... That, I could preach any of those, but that one would be more interesting to me. Then you could say, okay, so I think my speaking gift is somewhere in the, in the uh, exhorting area or the teaching area. Um, and we all have an arc in the circle. There are no lines. It's just like a rainbow. Uh, there are no lines between the colors. We perceive them in the same way we each occupy a short arc in a circle. So my arc is in speaking, but it's it's primary exhorting, but probably a third of it goes into the adjacent teaching role. And once I discovered that, things got really easy. Okay, let's look at serving. You're, a, you're in a wait staff of a very fancy restaurant, table of 12, crowded. They ordered a bunch of frou-frou drinks. The drinks aren't there. They're starting to get upset. Finally, a young waiter from your team comes out. He's got a tray full of these expensive drinks. He slips. The tray goes all the drinks go crashing to the floor right at the edge of the table. Glass flies under the table. There's wetness under the table. The, the restaurant hushes. Um, the waiter's not hurt. He, he's just fine. The restaurant hushes. The people look, and you're standing there. Is your first, first motivation to go straight to the waiter, forget the mess, forget the drinks, go straight to the waiter and say, are you okay? Anybody could have done this. Are you Okay. If that's your first motivation, then your primary motivation is one who shows mercy. You couldn't really see anything except that poor, hurting person, and you wanted to go to them. If you went straight to the mess, it's a mess. We've got to clean up the mess. People are going to it's broken glass. We've got to clean up the mess. Then your primary motivation is one who serves. And you can see the other things, but that one needs to be done. But if your primary motivation is they ordered drinks, the drinks were late, now they're shattered on the floor. I'm going to go tell the table I'm going to go get the drinks, and we're going to comp the drinks, and we're going to give them what they paid for because that's who we are. Then your primary motivation is giving. You want to give, give people the good things that they have. If, on the other hand, you're standing there and you go, well, I could do any of those things, but honestly, 
somebody's got to organize this, then you're the leader we're looking for. <laughs> that, that person. And when you ask those questions, and again, it's been done with over 200 people now, a, a bunch of students and a bunch of business people, they landed on the gift really in five minutes. It just it didn't take any time at all. Yeah, and I think that's in. It's in. I think that's um, a really good way to put everything in the sense of laying out what God's got you into, what your gifting is. Now, when you start to talk about these, though, and what area you're called into, and I love how you brought up the illustration about the the drinks and how you're going to respond to the drinks, how you're going to respond to them yeah. being spilled, how you're going to respond to all that. I think that's a really good way to to talk about it and talk about you know there's. You know, like we said earlier, everybody's called into leadership somehow, but then there's some that's called the position of leadership, and maybe yeah. that's you. And um, <clears throat> but when you're talking about the gifts and you're talking about all this, um, we've we've got about five or six minutes left. I would love for like I grew up Pentecostal, so yeah. now I'm I don't really claim to be Pentecostal anymore. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just I just love Jesus. That's all I say. But in Pentecostal, you know, I think there was a lot of abuses of the gifts. Now, I'm a big gifts person. So, like, I'm I'm 100% gifts. I just put up guardrails because I think it's yeah. appropriate so we don't fall off cliffs. And so how do we, as the body, pursue the gifts that God's given us without becoming a worshiper of the gifts and to stay a yes. worshiper of Jesus? Yes, and people with the gifts. Um <clears throat> So I talk a lot about that in the book, a lot about the attitude, a lot about um, the, 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 ones, the ones who are the humble. Those are the ones we respect the most, the ones with, the, with the kind of speaking gifts. They don't, they don't need to be honored. The, the gift itself has honor in it. And so it, it talks about, and I spend a lot of time on that because that, that is a big issue. The other thing is that we need, we need to help people understand that those manifestations are never called individually, they're never called gifts in Scripture. We, we have guilt by association, and when we make those manifestations hmm. so that, so that uh, speaking tongues isn't my identity, it, it isn't, you know, those things aren't my identity, then they, then they can become tools to assist me in the ministry that I've been given, which is one of the Romans 12 areas, and that ministry then becomes um, what I'm involved in, and the gifts stop being showy. One of the biggest, and, and really, we need, we need to just talk to people, and I have done this a few times, but we take people who, let's say, I'm a prophet of God, and they stand in front of the church, and they prophesy, and two things happen. That person gets lifted up and exalted, and everybody else goes, I could never be that good, so I won't. Scripture says that that. The, the big shots, the five, the five offices in Ephesians 4, their job is to equip the others to minister, not to minister. Mm-hmm. And when churches get that idea that, that we, like Jesus, are to take the lowest position, the foot-washing position, that the most gifted people wash the most feet. But in our church culture, we exalt the, the guy up front. And, and we, we go to church to see the guy up front and listen to the guy up front. And at some point we have to say, how does this compare with the four-part structure that Paul lays out in, in uh, the book of Acts? How, how does it, or I mean in Corinthians 12, how does that compare to that? 
and in Ephesians 4, how does that compare? And let's pursue that as a church. And that's going to be hard. Some people are going to have to kind of, in a sense, give up uh, their big name. And that's why a lot of people are just starting new churches, because it's too hard to convert the other church. But my goal is, i got to put out truth regardless, and let's see what happens. And there's been just, I did a whole conference in Connecticut on this, and seven churches said, we're going to transition into this. I mean, I just, I just did it. And so I'm, I'm really excited about uh, the possibilities here, but I am, I am, I have been everywhere, man. So it, it, I am not so naive as to think this isn't going to challenge some people. It will. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then not only not worshiping other people's gift, but also make sure we're not pursuing God just for our own gifts that we're pursuing the giver of the gift, not just the gift itself. Yes, um, yes, that, that is, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly true. And that's why I think Paul did the four-part thing. He said, look, there's gifts in one spirit, but there's Jesus, the head of the body. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Father. He did not talk about the gifts apart from the Trinity. Mm. And when you realize that there is a trinity involved in my life, that, that my ministry, I'm connected to the head, and the book goes way into this, I'm connected to the head Jesus, I'm a body part, he's the head, we are intimate with each other. I, I have found my prayer life is, when I got in, my prayer life just took off, because I would sit on a park and say, Jesus, will you help me think through this issue? Because you've called me to this, it's a job you've called me to, help me think through, and inspiration would just start to flow. I mean, it's, it's, it's been amazingly great. Amen. Well, we got one minute. I've thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, um, I have not had the opportunity to read the book yet, but it's in my yeah. hand, and I'm very compelled at this point. So, and I've been speaking, looking around, I like how it's, you're, you, I'll, I'm a visual guy a lot, too. I love to read, yeah. but I'm a visual too, and I like how you're building your outline, like you're yeah. progressively building the outline, and I I like that. I'm I'm tracking yes. with well, that. Well, look at look at page 158, and you say, okay, I'm not that visual because I've got a a complete flowchart structure of the spirit world. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but you built that into was... that. You didn't start with that in the earlier book. You built into that. So yeah, I, I've noticed you've done that. So tell the listeners where they can find the book, how they can get the book, and more information yeah. again on your Absolutely. ministry. Absolutely. And, and by the way, there's a study guide as well. So if you want to get a group together but say, I couldn't teach you this, the study guide is designed exactly for you to just lead a group. It's available on Audible, and the, the, the narrator is incredible. It's on Kindle, and it's on Amazon. All righty. All right, so you can find the book on Amazon, and your website is? Uh, Andy, AndyReese.org. What's the name of the book? The Spiritual Gift Blueprint. Well, Brother Andy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. We honor you and thank you for doing that. God bless you and have a great day. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. Well, that was a good interview, beautiful day. Excited for all that God has in store. Greg, thanks always coming in on Thursday. Hannah, thanks for coming in every day. Um, She she got here early today. I'm so proud. (laughs) She said this generation needs affirmation. I'm giving her affirmation on the air I am proud she was here five minutes before the broadcast. Good job, Anna. (laughs) That's affirmation, right? Yeah.
See, I'm giving it. All right. All right. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.